I actually love currency in D&D. I love it. I love it in all video games where it very quickly gets to the point in D&D where it's, it's, it's not necessary anymore. You know, for most games, it just goes by the wayside. I just want to know quickly your two ideas on, on how can we make currency in D&D mean something again? And we can roll initiative for it if you like. Yeah, let's do that. Sure. I got an eight. I got, I got a, a 16. Ooh, I get to go Megan, first. you're going first. Fantastic. Um, I think simplify it, to be honest with you. I feel like the okay. fact that there's copper pieces, silver pieces, gold pieces, there's a thousand different types of pieces. I never remember how much one is worth in my own mental mind for currency. I feel like right. just make it more universally understood, I think, is the right. issue. Because I remember, I know as a player, sometimes I'll be sitting there like, oh, you found this many gold pieces. And in my mind, I'm like, well, how much is that? <laughs> and then I just completely forget about it. And then, like, if I go to buy an item, they'll be like, oh, it's like this amount of copper pieces or this amount of gold pieces. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really understand that. Or, you know, like, it's, I, I think it's just too complicated <laughs> for me as is. So that would be my one thing. Is that what I would like? Is just make just it just change like, it to like uh, to like pieces. sci-fi movies where everything costs ten credits. Yes, that's it. Just credits. <laughs> everything is ten credits. You have that magical sword that you want. Ten credits. That's like. ten credits. Yeah. <laughs> or just go back to the bartering system. Is something that I thought. Like take currency out completely, and you have to trade. So mm. if you really really want that sword, or you really really want that magical item, you have to give something up. Right. Yeah. I think that would be something really neat to have to go into because you end up near like if you go into like tier two or tier three and you're at the higher levels you end up with about a shit that you forget about and a lot of shit that you're not going to use right so why not live in a world where you could barter kind of like how in the Feywild we had that moment where we bartered with fucking leaves and shit right (laughs) (laughs) leaves and literal shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) like why not right but yeah that's my two cents literally Uh, Adam (laughs) um you know, honestly, it, it, you're not going to make it relevant. Uh, Fifth Ed already did what they could to make it relevant, and they, they gave everything in all of the books a gold piece uh, price, except for yep. the like equipment list in the player's handbook, which has silver pieces and copper pieces. Everything else, right. like, how much is a is a is a magic item worth it's in gold pieces not in platinum pieces right like they they've already they've already kind of broken it down to say gold is the standard here and they've said Mm -hmm. there there are not a whole lot of uh of magic items so don't hand out gold very often yeah and the problem is that in most games we're like here's a reward have some gold instead of here's a reward have this thing that is going to keep you alive until you get back to town or here's a reward you you feel good about yourself <laughs> for ten minutes, right? Like, I, I mean, like you get bardic inspiration. Like, there's there's a million different ways to reward people, but everyone just goes, "Oh, there's gold," because video games have trained us to do that. So, right, right. Um, so, if everybody just pulls back on the gold, you don't have to go buy an airship if the NPC that loves you gifts it to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So or, why why are we playing with the economy? They have an airship. You could just go on theirs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like you want, if assuming that they want their own airship, then have them just the NPC dies, the rich uncle money bags dies and gives them a, an airship. Right. You don't yeah. have to include the economy in this if you don't want to. It's just we're yeah. so trained to think that way. So. No, yeah. You're right. So, so there's and my I think answer. If you. I think for me is if you really did want currency in it, I think we make it too easy to uh, to to avoid it. 
I think, honestly, I think do away with the bag of holding. I've never liked the bag of holding anyway. I think it's just a cop-out. I think it takes away from... A, it, it, I think it puts the game on easy mode for a huge... For, for a lot of different things. And, and gold is a huge one of that. I think you should... We, you know, people don't like following encumbrance, but I think you should limit how much gold can be carried. I think, you know, a pouch should carry 50 gold pieces. Your backpack can carry 300 or something. Um, but I think when it's just... We just end up carrying infinite amount of gold, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um... Also, the idea that whenever people, you know, we, we go and find treasure or we go and find the dragon's hoard and stuff like that, why is that automatically ours? Why is the kingdom that was being oppressed by the dragon going, no, 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 that's ours. That comes back to us. Why do we automatically get to keep all this treasure? It's not like, it's not like Bilbo went into, uh, went into the mountain and went, sweet, all of this is mine. The dwarves were like, that's our stuff. You know, so I, I think, I think, um, I think, uh, currency can become more, much more important when it, when it's, uh, when it's not as readily available. Otherwise, it just starts to become noise. Um, but I would like to see it, uh, be more important. But, uh, I don't know. I think that's a longer conversation. I just want to hear what your kind of, uh, your thoughts were on it. Yeah. I honestly, I only use four of the five different gold. Be- I don't bother with EP. Like, that's just an no. extra level of nonsense. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I like copper, silver, and and gold. That tends to be where I stop it just because, you know, I mean, yeah, we've got a base 10 system. It makes sense. Pennies, dimes, yeah. and dollars, right? Like, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. But I do think, like, to your point, Terry, like, it's so easy to make it, like, a non-functioning item in your game and obsolete because we just have so much freaking money to begin with, right? And it sucks to think that you have to, in a game zero, say, hey, by the way, money in this game exists. So, prepare. And I think... And it's totally fine if you if you own 10,000 gold pieces. That's fine. But you can't carry 10,000 gold pieces. So if you're going off on a quest, you know, you can maybe only carry 50 or something. Um, I think even then it becomes more important. It's, well, you know, Megan, you were just talking about losing your debit card. You know, you, have, <laughs> you technically, you have that money. You just can't access it. No. Nope. Uh, and I think... <laughs> So I think that, you know, that, that makes it a little bit more uh, important. But anyway, there we are there. I, I don't All know. Right, okay. I don't know. I, I got to argue with you because I know that there are some people that will, if given the opportunity, try to steal from a wizard's bank. There you go. But that's the thing. Is, like, I don't think that's I've right. ever had a D&D campaign where I've said we've walked into a town and someone's like, where is the bank? Right? <laughs> I don't think I've ever experienced that in my life. So unless it was specifically doing a one shot where it's a bank heist, I think that's the only time I've ever seen a bank in a game. So when you were saying how banks. you don't have access to your money, all I could think in my head was just like, man, I wish I had a bank that I could deposit this money that I can't carry. There should there should there should be like a there should be like a stock exchange and everything just like a load of gnomes you, you screaming at each other in different colored blazers. There we go. You know. <laughs> Okay, all right, we'll leave it there. Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast with your DMs, Adam, Terry, and Megan. All right, so welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I am Dungeon Master Terry, and with me are Megan and Adam, and today we are talking about copper dragons. Guys, do copper dragons excite you? Yes. 100%. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Clearly they do. And that's been it for another episode of the It's a Mimic Podcast. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we were just saying, I think, and you know, I'm planning on defending Copper Dragons a lot. That they're they're easily forgotten with the metallics because you have your gold, your silver. Then there's the battle for brass and bronze, and then copper naturally kind of fades into the background. Even though really they're very different to the other dragons. No, that's and, probably what built their character. They're that middle sibling that always gets forgotten, so they just become an asshole. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, the middle sibling. I never was a middle sibling, and that's good. I was the oldest one, but I can imagine it's awful. Where you're you're old enough to know better, but you don't get any of the good stuff either. And uh, and the older the older siblings already made all of the mistakes that the parents are now looking out for for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But by the time right. the youngest sibling comes around, they just don't give a shit anymore. Like, fine, you know, go drinking with your friends. I don't exactly. care. Exactly. You're I mean, eleven, but I don't sibling. give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have the energy anymore. The younger sibling, yeah, is like kind of like the baby of the family, but there's never there's never a full scrapbook for the younger one, right? The first no. one gets all of it. <laughs> I think my baby book had one page filled out and that was it. It said you were born. Are you, are, yes. are you the youngest one? I am the, the youngest, youngest of four, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um we don't have a middle you one should... then, I don't think, cuz I think I think well, I know that Terry and I are oldest. And then Dan and Dave mm-hmm. and Megan are youngest. What the hell is Brad? When did wh- when did Brad's when did Brad's creator design him and build him <laughs> and and wind him up and send him out into the world? <laughs> oh Lord! If you if you ever want to annoy your younger sibling, just say that nobody cried when they were born, and just leave it there. Yeah, done. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> My. My younger brother would look at me and say, and no one will cry when you die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe that's the trade-off. Maybe that's the trade-off. Right? The older siblings, the parents cry when we're born, but when we die, they don't care. <laughs> okay. Like, All finally. Right, okay, let's... <laughs> we'll learn a little bit about copper dragons then, so I won't go word for word, but I'll pull out the main points here. That uh, The copper dragons, are, they're, they're known as being incorrigible pranksters, they're joke tellers, and they're, and they're riddlers, and, and they live in the hills and the rocky uplands. And uh, despite uh, being gregarious and even te- and tempered in their nature, they, they do possess a covetous, miserly streak and become dangerous when their hordes are threatened. So even though they're lighthearted and jokesters in some ways, they, they take their possessions and their horde very seriously. And typically what they'll do is they'll hide the most important parts of their horde, which for them what they, they crave more than anything is, is precious metals and, and, and gems and things that come from the, from the earth. They'll hide the most important parts of their hoard um, in secret sort of antechambers, and then they'll display things that they consider to be uh, to be less important, what they consider to be more mundane, as a way of tricking people that may want to come and take their hoard into thinking that that is it. So, um, so that when they leave, they, they don't take uh, you know what the, what the dragon wants them to take. Uh, but a huge part of their personality is they are very good hosts. Um, so they do appreciate wit, storytelling, uh, jokes, they, and, and riddles. Basically, what they put out, they like to receive as well. So for that reason, they like to entertain bards a lot. Makes sense. Um, to go even so far as to set up an area of accommodation where they will actually host bards for a longer period of time, the trade-off being that they're expected to entertain the copper dragon uh, for a long period, which is one of those things where it's like initially a bard is probably going to love that, until the bard starts to run out of stories, starts to run out of jokes, and then it starts to get a little bit ha- a little bit hairy. Um, 
So a thing with copper dragons is they're very cautious and crafty. So when building its hoard, a copper dragon prefers treasures from the earth. Like I said, they'll hide it off to one side. And then they use uh, a couple of very important lair actions to uh, to stop people uh, uh, getting gaining access to their hordes. So they they will defend but a huge part of what they do is actually slowing down movement so we'll get to that with their breath weapons as well but also also with their lair actions um, they can choose an area point of ground that they can see within 120 feet of them where stone spikes will start to sprout from the ground and it's essentially become the spike growth spell if you guys know the spike spike growth spell um, it'll restrict movement within a certain area um, the dragon can also choose a 10 foot square on the ground they can see within 120 feet of it and that area turns into three feet deep mud each creature on the ground in that area of the mud must, must succeed in a dc 15 deck save or sink into the mud and become restrained what happens in the next round is that dc will actually increase to a dc 20. So these lair actions, I would argue, and I'll let you guys speak to it as well, are actually very powerful, not necessarily for causing for causing damage, but for restricting movement, um, where if it comes to you do need to attack a dragon, it can become, well, like, it can become sticky, not to, to deliberately use a pun, because they're, they're very big on restricting movement. Yeah, look, this is really powerful. I think it's fantastic um, because you can uh, really gum up your party. And there's not, oh. really, a, there's not really a whole lot that you can do to counteract this shit, even with magic, right? Unless mm -hmm. you're you're a monk, right? If you unless you can run across walls or run across water, there's not a whole lot you can do to to stop this. You you need to misty step your way across a copper yeah. dragon's lair, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, they have some uh, some unique regional effects as well, which I'll touch on here. Um, so what I like with the regional effects is. Um, so magic carvings of the dragon's smiling visage can be seen worked into stone terrain and objects within six miles of the dragon's lair. So six mile radius is quite significant when you start to see images of this dragon. So what I like about this is they're not trying to hide their location. Well, their specific location they'll try and hide, but they're not shy of announcing that they're there and they want to show off their image. Um, uh, another part of the regional effects is that tiny beasts such as rodents and, bir and birds that are normally unable to speak will gain the magical ability to speak and understand draconic while within one mile of the dragon's lair. These creatures will speak well of the dragon but can't divulge its whereabouts. So again, whether it comes across as arrogance, maybe more pride, they're happy to announce that they're in the area. They'll, 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 allow, they'll allow creatures to openly discuss them, even speak well about them. So they're not necessarily trying to hide. They're, they're very open in their territory. Um, intelligent creatures within one mile of the dragon's lair are prone to fits of giggling. Even serious matters suddenly seem amusing. Is this suggesting, do you think, guys, that this, will, uh, this includes party members as well? Is this, does this become a role-playing thing here? I hope so. I would yeah. say absolutely yes. I would add some sort of charisma save to this. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing mechanically here. It's a little bit. It's a little bit vague. But I absolutely think a charisma save should be uh, included. And I know you know not everybody likes to lean into the role playing aspect of, of the game. But uh, but I think it should definitely cross over onto the party. I think those very tense situations. It's almost like Curse of Strahd. Is it's it's very tense in some ways, but you also need to contrast that with humor so that you feel attention so much more. And I can imagine how tense it must be coming across a copper dragon, especially if for some reason you can't stop giggling while this the tension is happening. Um, I think it would make for a very unique encounter. I think it's it would fun. be hilarious to walk into like a town where all of a sudden every 10 minutes everybody just starts laughing. 
And oh, then that you have would to make be your, terrifying. And you have to do your charisma saving throw to see if your team doesn't laugh, and like half of you fail it, half of you succeed. So suddenly, half of your tar- party starts laughing, and you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" Right? Like, yeah. I think that would be hilarious. Like, I would laugh at that. But again, like, it's it's good for those people that aren't strong role players because they're they're forced to do something to interact with their environment. Right? I think that's mm-hmm. hilarious. I would have something like a funeral procession or oh, a funeral no. happening with the smiles planted across their faces. Like, how imagine how creepy that would look. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's start with the wormling then, uh, and we'll kind of work our way up. Oh, hold so, on. Hold on. Hold uh, on. I, hold on. I got one other thing about the, this regional effect. Sure. You're telling me that there are a whole bunch of carvings of this own dragon's face all around the area. He's a good host. He likes bards. Um, and I don't know if you've looked at him, but the guy's got mutton chops worth of scales, right? Like that's that's a defining feature of his face. He has scale mutton chops. And, and he can talk to little <laughs> animals that run around and talk about how great he is. This is a Disney princess, or, or like the, the, this is this is the the opening of it's a Disney a, movie, right? Like that's, that's Snow White. Yeah, that's what we have going on here, right? Yeah, and, well, and then something and everybody their, laughs and is happy. Something about their features is it actually describes the dragon's face as looking very pensive even though they appreciate jokes and humor. So imagine how terrifying it would be if they they do smile, but their eyes are pensive. So what what kind of expression is that? It's like it's like that they're happy that something bad is going to happen to you. That's what it would look like, whether they mean that or not. Imagine how terrifying that would be if they if they just look so sinister but yet they seem to be so happy. Yeah, I I like that there's honestly I would play this as a really creepy scenario where there is that town that is that just breaks into laughing all of the time, right? Or just yeah. just animals come up and they're like, "Hey, he's fantastic. You can't know where he is, but he's great." Right? Yeah. And they're and they're brainwashed almost, right? Yeah. Like Yeah. I I think that there's there's a lot of and then weird things would start to happen because it's mm-hmm. practical jokes, right? It's all about the pranks with these guys. So there would exactly. just there would just be like you would wake up yeah. and all your horses would be gone. You'd be like, "What the fuck?" Well, the horses are fine. You just like, <laughs> I, st- I stole this guy's keys. They're just, <laughs> like, well, they're just like on the roof of the stables with the horses. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, <laughs> right. Like dressed just... in your armor. <laughs> <laughs> they're all wearing dresses. Like, yeah, yeah. But it'd be like one of those things where it's like. It's annoying, but it, but the dragon's not killing us. Look, this dragon is great. Nobody dies. He protects us. You know, this dragon is not overly ambitious. It's not about territory. It's more about just enjoying life, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so everybody really loves the dragon. Oh, what happens when the enemies, you know, come? Oh, we never see them again. It's none of our business what he does with them, but we really like him. You know, yeah. I think it would be <laughs> terrifying. Okay. Okay. I'll jump in with Wormling here. So, so. Copper dragons are, are known to be chaotic good. I would agree with that. I think by the description of their personality, it definitely seems that way. I think they're good aligned in that they they don't have any malicious intent or any real sort of uh, um, aggressive arrogance at all. Uh, so I agree that they're good aligned, but they're definitely chaotic good in that they're they're probably just annoying as fuck. Is actually what this comes down to. But they're not causing you any harm. Uh, as a wormling, armor class sixteen, standard hit points at twenty two. Uh, speed 30 feet as a wormling they can climb for 30 feet okay cool uh, and they can fly for 60 feet so running through their stats here um strength 15 dex 12 con 13 intelligence 14 wisdom 11 
charisma 13. Um, we'll see as they get older. They are, they are very strong. They will be as intelligent as they get older as your, as your wizard will ultimately be. Um, saving throws, plus three to dex, plus three to con, plus two to wisdom, plus three to charisma. Skills of perception and stealth. Uh, damage immunities are acid. They have acid breath. Um, senses, they get, they get blind sight for 10 feet even as a wormling. Uh, dark vision for 60 feet and passive perception of 14. Languages, they speak draconic at birth. And we've touched this on with, with dragons before. I th- I think with languages, with dragons, I think I would just hand wave a lot of it. Yeah, even with wormlings, I think they would very quickly learn common. Um, you know, when they're first born, they're only going to be around draconic, but I think they would very quickly learn draconic. And I think as a dragon ages, it would end up learning a lot of different languages, I think. Um, so right from birth, they can bite. They can use their breath weapon, recharge in five or six standard. They have an acid breath weapon which works in a line 20 feet for a wormling and 5 feet wide, and it will cause standard damage at 18 or 48 DC 11 dex save throw. Their unique breath weapon is their slowing breath, and I love this. So I'll read it uh, I'll read it here for the wormling. So the dragon exhales uh, gas in a 15-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 11 con saving throw on a failed save. The creature can't use reactions. Its speed is halved. It can't make more than one attack on its turn. In addition, the creature can use either an action or a bonus action on its turn, but not both. These effects last for one minute. The creature can repeat the saving throw at the end, at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself with a successful save. You guys, have anything you want to touch on there uh, for a wormling? Uh, it's it's the same as it is for all of the other wormlings that we run into. Like they seem yeah. really powerful and really cool, except the fact that they've got twenty two hit points, right? Like you yes. are going to kill these things relatively quickly unless you're level mm-hmm. one or level two. Its ability to fly gives it all of its strategy, and uh, like yeah. I love the slowing breath, but I mean that's this this is pretty standard. The wormlings don't impress me because they're pretty much. A dime a dozen. Any one yeah. of them can, yeah. can can be interchangeable with any others, except for the breath weapon. And of course, the breath weapon can actually fuck you up as at these he, low levels. So, yeah, you're right. It can, it can. And that slowing breath weapon. And when we start to talk about tactics and stuff, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more. It's so unique. You really have to think outside of the box, particularly if in your game, you know, without using meta knowledge, if you are not aware that that's going to be something that you have to go against. That's sl- that's slowing breath. Um, it's it, it's going to be a huge um, uh, tactical advantage for the dragon as they grow up, as they start to go into into a young copper dragon here. Everything starts to go up because armor class will increase. Hit points because they go to a challenge seven goes straight up to 119 as standard. Their speed goes to 40 feet, climb 40 feet, and now their fly is already 80 feet. Stats will increase, and now they start to get their multi-attack as as well. So the dragon can make three attacks, one with its bite, and two with its claws. Um, The the length of the line increases to 40 feet for the acid breath, still 5 feet wide, and the DC for the slowing breath increases to a DC of 14. Do you think that's that's quite a leap in difficulty? Do you think it's going to be much, much harder to to take on a, a young dragon even compared to a wormling? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, it's because their senses also go way up. Their passive perception right. is huge. Their dark vision is extended. The fact that, and I mean, they speak common too. So they've been around. At this point, they've been around humanoids enough to know your tactics a little bit better. Yes, wormlings feel like animals almost. By the time that it's a young copper dragon, this guy is 
as like the challenge rating seven feels like he's as good as any single party member. And keep in mind too, that the challenge rating means that you're supposed to have five party members face this creature, right? So he's as strong as five level seven party members. So he can probably go toe to toe with a level 12 level 14 character. Right. So, so there's a huge jump there. I'm uh, but I like it. This is what a dragon should do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's especially because wormlings to me they they breathe almost like they're the gecko of the family, right? They're not going to be able to do much. They're mostly just there for defensive to keep itself alive. Whereas as they grow into the younger dragon, especially this one, um, the ferocity does increase. So you don't necessarily, if you're by yourself, want to go against one of these things, even if it's young, right? Because mm-hmm. they yep. gain that intelligence that you are there to hurt it. You could be its food, right? Yeah. So I think that's the big jump between the two. Yeah, and we get another big jump again, really, just like mo- most of the other dragons. When we go up to adult here, uh, the challenge rating goes up to 14. So Adam explained the challenge rating to us. So that means, you know, you're expected to have five level 14 party members if you're going to take on one of these here. Um, armor class goes up to 18. Hit points jump to 184. Um, their speeds, their speeds don't change, though, for adult. It's still 40 feet, 40 feet climb and 80 feet fly. But now they start to get legendary resistances, three a day. Um, if the dragon fails a saving throw, I can choose to succeed instead. They now have Frightful Presence. I know, uh, Adam, you know, you, you kind of have your opinions on, on Frightful Presence, and you've, you've swayed me on, on that as well. Uh, but um, uh, for within 120 feet of the dragon, um, it's a DC 16 Wisdom saving throw. or become frightened for one minute. Uh, for legendary actions that they now get, they can use a legendary action for a detect, which is they make a wisdom perception check to see if they can find you or locate you. Uh, they now get tail attack, and they have their wing attack, which costs two legendary actions. So pretty standard there. Um, I think tactics and strategy is going to change a little bit. I think when we get to the adult dragons, I think this is where personality will come out a lot more. They've been in the world and experienced a lot at this point, as opposed to like the Wormlings and maybe the Young, where it seems they'll be going mostly off instinct at that point. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add to the adult dragon there. No, I mean it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. We're we're just getting the larger and larger uh, area for the breath weapon. Like there's yeah. here, the problem with the dragon stats is that they just they mechanically like the, numerically they they beef up. I've complained about this in the past though. Uh, there's yeah. nothing new. I mean, there's a big jump to add the legendary stuff. That's great, but there's nothing here that specifically. Look at this cool legendary action that only copper dragons can do. And yeah. That's what I want from this, right? I almost feel like this is where the slowing breath should be uh, included as well. Like there should be another another effect or an aura or something coming in here to make them feel even more flavorful as their own unique kind of dragon. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And then when we go, and then again, Megan, is there something you want to add there? Uh, not really. I just want to kind of ask because I didn't do the fact checking just yet. But how many dragons have a climbing speed? Well, not I don't many. Know numerically. Yeah, there's not many. So I, as much as we're talking about having a uniqueness to a copper dragon, like I included in some of my notes here, that like a climbing speed is something that not necessarily is specific to them, but is interesting because of their terrain. Right, so I think that being an adult and having that climbing speed is something they can use to their advantage. That is a little bit different. Yeah, we did, and I would also. We, I sorry, would also we didn't. Use we it. didn't really talk about their terrain at all, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh, when we went through the intro, uh, they live. They live mostly in hilled areas, uh, hilled areas and dry areas. Yeah, not deserts. Yeah, th- these I guess are your grassland areas, like. 
it's I wouldn't say they're forced it even. I mean, maybe they are, but yeah, even if it's forced, it it may be lightly forested, but but what I mean by that is it, it they're not looking for a thick, dense forest like a green dragon is. I mean, yeah. there may be trees and plant life, but that's not what is attracting them to that area. Yeah, what, I'm, I'm, what, I'm imagining kind of like a general forest, nothing that's overgrown or too bad. Like, and they they reside within like a field that has a general cave. Like, it seems very yeah. normal to me. Like, there's nothing too like exciting about it like my dragon ball z references you know like how they always fight in fields that have these tall like random spears of ground right that's what i that's what i imagine it to be i'm kind of imagining foothills or even like like scottish highlands where it's just like big rolling hills and valleys but it's not mountainous yeah peaks and valleys that that would be a good way i think that i would describe it yeah 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 Uh, my favorite thing Um, about it is these statues that are popping up with with their likenesses on it but yes, you've so got the, bit, you've got the sparse hillside and whatnot as well. Like there may be some trees, a little copse of trees here or there, right? Little glens and whatnot. But there are these these little statues all over the place. You're walking through, you can see ninety of these statues at any given time. You're like, oh, oh shit! Look at look at yeah. all these look at all these stone dragons like looking at us. It's weird. Yeah, fill into the stone. <laughs> Absolutely, all these birds that they're talking about. Have you guys met the dragon? He's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah so when we go up to so when we go up to ancient so we don't get anything added other than uh, we get the change shape now we know metallic dragons when they get to their to their to their ancient level um they, they can change shape they can they can blend in with with the uh, humanoids or whatever they want to do uh, but i just want to go through their their final stats here so we can see truly what the the weaknesses and the strengths are of the ancient copper dragon strength goes to 27 so that's a plus eight Dex is still down at 12 with a plus 1. Con goes to 25. Intelligence is 20. Um, so they will be as intelligent as your wizard at this point. Uh, wisdom is 17. And their charisma is 19. So even though their wisdom seems lower with a 17, I just want to point out that their passive perception is still 27. And still within one mile of that dragon's location, every single tiny creature is kind of you know connected to them and has the ability to speak so even though their wisdom is lower i kind of just want to point out that you're not really sneaking up on this dragon in fact he's he's openly letting you know that he's there and every tiny creature that can see you is basically reporting back that you're there as well Mm-hmm. yeah um, but uh, so that's it for the final stats. Uh, I just want to point out how their breath weapons change at the end as well. So their slowing breath now becomes a DC 22 con save, but has the same effect. Uh, and their acid breath is now a 90 foot line that is now 10 feet wide. Something I want to point out with their layers that I didn't point out earlier is their layers are made up of, of many, many narrow winding tunnels. It's essentially they're like an underground maze if you think it's like a classic maze that's what a copper dragon's lair will look like so for a creature to have an acid breath of the 10 foot wide line and 90 90 foot long and 10 foot wide that's going to cause you some problems in that lair especially if they know that you are coming can it go around corners does it say that no it can't so Uh, mechanically it it does go in a straight line so one of the things that i would add into this is that yeah, so the thing about the 90-foot line is it, it is winding. It's not going to go around corners. You're, you're right. Like that's, I don't think you're going to get the, the full um, length of it at any given time until you start running across these 90-foot-long tunnels. Remember, these guys are smart. They'd say, how long can my breath go? My breath weapon? Okay, all right. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to have this 90-foot-long tunnel. 
and this is where I'm going to use my crazy lair action to do spike growth to slow you down and just burn you with acid right yeah. down this one stretch right and if if you make it through this and you're still alive good for you there'll be another 90 foot stretch later on where i'm gonna pop my head around a corner and just yeah boom there we go again right so and keep in mind uh, too that I, that these tunnels have to be wide enough for the dragon right yeah. that's a good point this is its home so yeah that's a good point i think these dragons uh, and let's get into the mechanical stuff now. I think these dragons are going to be very frustrating to uh, to fight with if you have to. Mm -hmm. So I haven't gone through all of the points there, guys. Um, so oh, you missed I'll one, Terry. What did I miss? You missed the fact that ancients can change shape. This is I the standard shape. for for good uh, ancient dragons. They get the ability to polymorph into a humanoid or beast. Yeah, I, I talked about that. It was mentioned. Okay. Well, <laughs> never mind then. I got you, Terry. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was looking up uh, which one, which other ones can climb. So, and the oh, answer, that makes sense. the answer That's the point is I want uh, to make red climbing. Dragons. Actually, That's red dragon. Which make on climbing? Red, red dragon is the only other one that can do that. There you go. So, me, if I was DMing from um, from a combat perspective. If, they, if the dragon does not have a climbing speed, I would also make that, and it might sound simple, that they are not allowed to grip vertical surfaces. I would say, okay, if you're fighting them on the side of the mountain, they can't fly up 60 feet and grip the side of the mountain and attack you. I think what's being said here is if they do not have a climbing speed, they, they can't do that. That's not, a, that's not a tactic option for them. They can't grip a vertical surface. Um, so I don't know what your guys' rule would be for, for DMing there. Oh, for me, it's the same as any sort of creature that wants to climb. A dwarf doesn't have a climbing speed, but can climb a vertical surface. It just moves at half speed. And then yeah. it has to make checks. And if it fails, it slips. Right? Mm, fair one. Yeah. That seems better, actually. Yeah. So the reason that, that coppers and reds get this is because they live in mountainous or hill areas. So they're used to going up and down cliff faces. Yeah, so. and that's what they do. I think they actually, actually talked about how they have, like, ridiculously arm and leg strength. Like, they never miss a leg day or an arm day. Like, that was something that was very specific to them, too, is that they're beefy AF in the arm region. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So, we'll roll in just a second. But having gone through all of the points, I would like us to discuss favorite mechanical aspects of the dragons, favorite tier for combat, standard ones we go to. So, go-to combat maneuvers, unorthodox usage. If there's any of those points that you guys want to dive into a little bit deeper because it's something that you're quite passionate about or you want to explore, feel free to dive into it deeper. Uh, but let's roll initiative to see which order we're going to go in. Sure. Okay. All right. Oh. I rolled a five. I got, oh, I... I what did you get, Terry? I got an 18. Oh, so did I. Roll off. Roll off. I got a four. Oh, I hit a nat 20. Hey -oh. You did, really? Oh, man. Adam's well, this makes up What did you get? I got a four, a five. Okay, so you're going last, I'll go second. So this makes up, we recorded the, the dwarf episode out of order, and I got two nat ones last night, so this makes up <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah, that's right, you did, you did. Fuck. All right, so um, mechanically, I think that uh, these guys are relatively standard until you get into their, their layers and their ability to slow people down. My favorite mechanical aspect, of course, is always going to be change shape. I like the idea of, right. you know, I, I just said, you know, it's got to be wide enough for the for the dragon to run through <sighs> to a point. I mean, there could be some areas that are actually kind of narrow that he has to turn into a, it's because it's humanoid, right? 
Uh, yeah. you can you can turn into a, a humanoid or beast as a challenge rating no higher than its own. So he can turn into a badger. And these guys are smart enough to have these little narrow tunnels to get. Where is this guy's horde? Because it says that that they've got a whole bunch of worthless, useless, but pretty items like fake knockoffs and um, like they've used silver paint on this wooden armor to make it look like it gleams <laughs> and put it in a, yeah. a display case, right? Like there's, but the real horde is is somewhere else. It's hidden. Yeah, and they don't want people to know where it is. I like the idea of them turning into a, a bat. Right and flying up, and kind of walking with a little like two foot around movement into an area, because this because they can climb. It's got to be vertical shafts that lead to where its true yeah. horde is. It's got to be tiny, tiny, tiny spaces, right? And it's got to be um, and it's got to be well hidden, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna just see the the door that says you know staff only. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> this isn't like the cave of wonders on Aladdin where you go down the steps and then it's like, there's the lamp. It's not yeah. like at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so there are definitely, I would say there are areas where this, this creature like, okay. So here's another thing. I, I worked in a haunted house, so I'm all about booby traps and hidden doors and everything. I worked in a haunted house for years. One of the things is there, there are these large areas behind the walls where the employees hang out and do their own thing. You may right. have as a series of players, the ability to run down this narrow hallway to get down to the next thing, but he's going to have this little, this, this whole other, part of his lair that you don't have any access to you don't know where it is and it's massive and it's all the way around he can he's essentially climbing around the hamster tubes that you are running through and pulling back little hatches and blowing his breath weapon in right and then closing the hatch and coming at you again right and these guys are pranksters so they would have these things set up for hilarious reasons but also (laughs) for tactical reasons as well so so I, I like the idea of you guys running around and then he just he just slides open a trap door from underneath you and you fall fifteen feet into the into a larger chamber. That, yeah. And you can see that you've been running through the ductwork. Right? You thought I this mean, was the lair, but no, here's the real lair. And you just hear his bellowous laugh every time something happens. Just because yeah. he like he's just like, haha, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that I think that that's the other thing that he would do too. Like the prank is is he would get okay. I'm I'm gonna no. I'll, I'll save it for the role play side of things. For the mechanic side of things, he would very much have a layer that is designed to separate the party. Yeah, I agree. I think from, so too. From a defensive point of view, it's going to be confusing. It's going to be designed to separate the party, and it's going to be. It's it's going to slow everybody down. It doesn't matter how fast your monk runs, if you guys are all trying to escape. It doesn't matter how fast the monk runs if the paladin is getting stuck in the mud, because yeah. then the monk just gets to the edge of that room and sits and waits, right? Mm. And that's I, I, that's one of the that's one of the things about this is you're gonna drag down even your fast characters because of you know the idea that they're loyal to the party. Yeah. I just see it as like Home Alone, where you know Hank and Marv get separated, and then you know they meet up together later on. They both look like shit. Like I just imagine the barbarian tarred and feathered when you get to the final chamber, 
And, you know, and the rogue's like, what the fuck happened to you? And he's like, just don't. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's just get this lamp and get out of here. <laughs> okay. Um, so, for me, I, I'll, uh, I won't talk about go-to combat maneuvers because I kind of agree with what Adam said. Like, I think we, you're going to be using the tunnels a lot. You're going to be using a lot of, like, f- false areas and, and using your breath weapon in different ways. Uh, I'll touch on real quick an unorthodox usage for for the dragon and is, is in how the players can use it. I think you can use the copper dragon almost as like a high-end magic shop. And I'll tell you why. Because they do like things that come from the earth. They like shiny metals. They like gems and things that, that are found within the earth. And in D&D, that, we were talking about currency earlier, that's about the only place that does, right? So you can take all of your gold and be like, ooh, I have all of this gold, all of this stuff from the earth. What do you have? And he'll be like, I've got this fucking shitty armor or something that I'm not interested in because it didn't come from the earth. It was like desecrated by dwarves in their eyes that it was turned into something else. Um, but you'll have had all of these adventures o- over the past, all of these different kingdoms that have tried to go into this lair and failed. And so for all, all of those incredible items that you're looking for, I think this dragon will give to you for trade for the right price. Um, so as long as you can get on side with them and you can be cool with them, I think an orthodox usage for a copper dragon is just like a really high-end elite magic shop. <laughs> come look at my wares. What are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> wares for you. I have this helmet and it is ugly. I don't. Does it do magic stuff? It does a lot of magic stuff, but I do not like it. Please take it from me. I will take your gold. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I like that too because then then the stuff that he's like got on display is just like it, it's the knockoff. It's like it, you know you walk into a place and they've got the the shitty cheap version of it. Like okay, so I can go into the back and get you the real one, but I yeah, need you yeah. to, to commit to the purchase first, right? So you can walk in. He's got a whole bunch of wooden swords that have been painted on the wall, and in each one of them has a little label that says what sort of magic shit it can do. But you go to pick yeah. up the sword, and it's just a wooden sword. He's like, I'm, well, this is the store model, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of you get 10% off, though, if you take the display model. Like, this is a, I only have the display model left. It's cheaper, though. <laughs> it's not as good. Like, is this, is this foil wrapped around a wooden blade? Yes, it is. Okay. It's, just like it's, a, it's a bag of holding with a hole in the bottom of it, right? Like... You, you, <laughs> It, it, it'll it'll have whatever you want, but any small item is just going to fall out the other end if you're not careful. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. Oh lord. I like that. I should write that down actually. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for me, I kind of thought about what would happen if you did end up in a chamber with this thing, because obviously, when you're going through its tunnels, it's going to be a madhouse, quite literally, with these dragons. But once you're in a chamber with it, if you were to actually have to combat with this dragon. Um, I feel like it would use its ability to move Earth and its climb speed a lot in that mm-hmm. area. So, I mean, the obvious thing it's going to do if it wants to get away is throw down its slow gas, you know, make the ground muddy and piss off, right? But if it actually wanted to toy with you before doing that, I almost feel like you could do a combo of move Earth, like adjust the ground, change the terrain, that kind of stuff, mixed in with its climbing speed so it can move around a lot faster and a lot higher than you can, mixed in with frightful presence, right? I'm also imagining this being like this gesture that's peeking its head around a corner to scare you so it can laugh about it. Right? Like, yeah. it's like, if you're thinking about that middle sibling, it's that asshole behind the corner that's going to jump out at you and scare the shit out of you and laugh at you. Right? <laughs> Sp- spoken like a true younger sibling. I know. 
<laughs> but like, I feel like frightful presence when it comes to dragons is used lightly or like once. You walk into its chamber, you roll to see if you're afraid of it. End of end of frightful presence combat, right? Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like this is the dragon where you can use it to more of a strategical combative advantage. Because you can, if it doesn't scare you the first time, like, maybe it'll scare you in the next little while. Or if it scares you the one time, now you have nowhere to go because you're in a chamber full of spires and it can move earth on you. Right? Yeah. So it can almost, it can literally back you into a corner in one round and scare the shit out of you. Oh, so, I love the idea, just to touch on what you're saying there, Megan, if the, if the narrow hallway was not 90 feet long, but 100 feet long, and then when they get within 10 feet of the dragon, using Frightful Presence, so they cannot move closer to the dragon, they now must go back of the 100-foot hallway to get away from the dragon. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so I feel like because this is such a terrain-based dragon, I feel like they can use that a lot to their advantage in combat against you. So Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, so we'll take a quick break there where we'll go for a commercial, and we'll be back in just a second. Hello everyone, Megan here. If you or a loved one are looking to jazz up your in-game experience with specific 3D printed mini pieces for tabletop furniture, castle walls, trap doors, or other useful items to add to your maps and worlds, well, it's kind of your lucky day. We've actually paired with a local Vancouver business called Diabolical Dungeoneers, who are dedicated to adding that other dimension to your game. You can find custom 3D printable items through their Facebook and Instagram at Diabolical Dungeoneer, or at their website at www.diabolicaldungeoneer.com. And for a limited time, if you use promo code MIMIC2020, you get 10% off your first order. Uh, shipping is only available here in the lower mainland of Vancouver, BC, so reach out and inquire through their website. Happy gaming and always feel free to share photos with us and other D&D communities. Thank you. Okay, team. So coming on to topic two here, I want to start to talk about more uh, social encounters. So we can roll a game, but I'll throw the ideas out of what we can talk about here. So you can discuss in, in more detail for some or however you want to do it, your, your favorite social or environmental trait of the dragon, uh, your, your favorite tier for social encounters, um, a standard social encounter idea that you might have, and then some allies and, and what to expect from this copper dragon. So you guys ready to roll? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's do it. Oh, mine went all over the place. What did I get? <laughs> 20? I just got a natural 20. Oh, I got a 13. I got a 15. I'm rolling pretty well today. I'm kind of happy. I thought my 13 was good. You guys just ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Terry, we haven't heard enough of your voice yet, so keep talking. Um, I, my favorite tier for social encounters, I think would be a very low tier. I think tier one or tier two. In fact, you know what? I think meet this copper dragon at tier one. Because this copper dragon probably doesn't have any beef with you. They're not overly ambitious with regards to territory. They're not malicious. I think you could meet with them uh, with them with them early enough. Um, because I think this is a great ally to have. I think they'd be very firm but fair. I think you're gonna have to go through your bullshit of dealing with their pranks and stuff. But this is actually a good way for the players to get some good ideas on uh, on some on some traps and some good kind of uh, um, like item ideas that they can look for or, or how to set their own traps off. Essentially taking a peek behind the DM screen and looking at whatever fucked up ideas the DMs come up with um, as they're as they're trying to deal with this dragon. Um, I think it's good for getting the, the pulses racing of the party early where you can put them in some really interesting, scary 
situations where they're ultimately not really in any danger, but it's almost like just kind of riding a roller coaster. They're just getting a thrill um, of when they're going through this dragon's lair, but they're probably going to be okay as long as their their intent is not to to try and take anything from the dragon, or maybe they just want to trade or something. Yeah, I look, I I love that for tier one. That makes a lot of sense. To me, I like the idea of you coming upon a dragon lair and it's an ancient copper dragon at tier one. Your guy's going to be yeah. shitting their pants. He's going to mess with them a whole bunch, all for the sake of a good joke. Right? Yeah. And, and then maybe even become, like, he's going to dole out little little magic items the whole way and for the rest of the campaign. I like the idea of him being their patron, like the group patron. They talk about that yeah. in the Eberron book, about having one benefactor, essentially, that, that gives the party different boons and, and items and whatnot. And I think that the Copper Dragon is ideal for that, especially because everything they run into with the Copper Dragon early is going to be ramped up when they have to go fight yeah. a red dragon in tier four, right? And the yeah. copper yeah. dragon that swooped in and saved their asses a couple of times is not able to do that and maybe even dies, right? Yeah. At, as a great big twist in later in later um, uh, sessions. So I, I like the idea of it being, because yeah, everyone wants to put a gold versus a red, put a copper versus red, and that's why he needs the party. And he's grooming them, right? Yeah. And he's having fun while he's doing it, but he is very much still grooming them. Mm-hmm. I think this Copper Dragon is the type of dragon where they're going to become such a well-loved NPC by the party. Even though they can be difficult to deal with sometimes, you kind of will miss them and want to go back. Initially, my idea for how I would play this dragon was I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do like Mark Hamill's type Joker from the from the Batman um, series from the 90s. But then I was like, no, probably not. I would probably lean more like Harley Quinn with this dragon. I would have a female Copper Dragon who is like sometimes so fucking annoying you can't deal with them all but for some reason you just love them and you just want to go back and when you've done eight sessions off in the other direction someone's like hey do you know we'll be good with this is our copper dragon friend you're like oh please can we go and see that dragon again it's so fun every time we do even though it's terrifying yeah yeah i like that oh sorry adam go on uh, I, I've got a bunch of ideas for, for social encounters for and, and whatnot for this guy. I like the idea of, of them using pranks to separate the party. You know, the first time that you run into this dragon and you are tier one and everybody's running through and all of a sudden the ground opens up and the paladin disappears, everyone is shitting their pants, right? Everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, what's happening? The paladin is now in is sitting in the ready room drinking drinking tea. And waiting for the rest of them. And every yeah. once in a while, the copper dragon comes in, tosses the druid down, and goes, <laughs> I got another one. And the paladin goes, uh-huh, yep, yep, mm-hmm. you did. <laughs> it's just like it's just like a sleight of hand magic tricks. Like, everybody thinks that the dragon is, like, eating people and swallowing them one at a time. But it's just, like, the shot going over the shoulder. And they just yeah. end up in, like, the hidden room. <laughs> trap door. That's when the trap door comes in handy. They actually end up in this nice, lush room. Where it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the paladin's like, what the fuck is going on? Just go with it. Just go with it. They're loving it. We're killing them out there. <laughs> I, I also I also like the idea of it being super creepy because, you know, there's always that one player in every group that has the pet, whether it's a mouse or a hawk <laughs> or a raven yeah. or like I've got my turtle that I carry with me everywhere. Like, okay, calm down, sea elf. We, we know you're water-based, right? And ev- yeah. everybody's got their one little thing, but these are all tiny creatures. And remember, tiny creatures within a mile are all like 
They suddenly speak Draconic, and they absolutely love the dragon. So I love the idea of you're walking through looking for the dragon's lair, and all of a sudden, the pet mouse who has never spoken before turns to the dragonborn and says in a deep, booming voice, Man, I love this guy. And like just out of, out of nowhere. And as you are running to try to escape, the, the mouse is like in your pocket going, No, wait. Stay. He's fantastic. He loves you. Right? Like, I, I love the That's so creepy. And I oh, think man. That that's fantastic. I just imagine the dragon being like a, a magician and like makes your animal disappear into like a stupid top hat. And then, like, or pretends to eat it or something like that just to make it disappear. Yeah. And like, ooh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love the idea of you coming upon like your your mule that you left outside your pack animal and it's just been reduced to bones but it's a full skeleton just standing there and if you if you succeed at your medicine check you see that there's little like pins and needles that are holding all the bones in place like in a museum and it's yeah. it's actually like carved out of ivory or something and it's not actually a real skeleton your mule is fine but he's ha 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 you thought I ate your donkey in right? fact like, all the equipment that was on your donkey is now cleaned and put in the corner like yeah I love it <laughs> Like behind I a would bush. Love this dragon, I would love this dragon to insist that you call him like Excelsior or something, the great dragon, but really his name's like Eugene. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm the great Excelsior. <laughs> well, the other thing, I think there's a darker side on this too. And I think that if you were to take a young dragon, um, then maybe not an adult or a copper, but a young dragon who likes the pranks, he's going to prank too hard sometimes. Like the dragon, the first time that you run into this guy... He, he's doing flybys and hitting you with a slow breath weapon and uh, you guys are crossing the bridge and he goes beneath it and shakes it, right? As you're trying yeah. to get by and stuff that that your guys are they're doing skill checks or maybe even skill challenges to get past this, this creature over and over and over again and the copper dragon accidentally takes it too far. <laughs> yeah. And and like the, the fighter just like loses all of his hit points, falls to, like to his death. And is at oh. the bottom, like bleeding out in the copper. No, 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 no! Oh, no, no, no! Hold on! Oh, oh my God! Who's got a health potion? Oh shit! I'm so sorry, guys. I didn't yeah, mean for it to go this way. Or it just jumps out of the corner to scare you, and then like your tiny dwarf, like uh, bard, just starts crying, and then the dragon's like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to. Scare. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't want tears. This is not the plan. Like, yeah, exactly. That would just look like a dick. Oh, the room, the room in the lair, which is all of the pranks that have gone wrong. So it's like the, the the paladin from the last party that he tried to saw in half, like in the magic box or something, <laughs> just actually cut it off. We were like, what the fuck's it? Look, right? You can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs, all right? Not all of it went to plan. And, and, and the big thing is, he's, he's, he's a little bit of a dick about it too, right? So he's like, well, you know, I turned him into two halflings. Ta-da! <laughs> fuck. <Yeah. laughs> just... Exactly. <laughs> Just the gnome in the corner with an apple still on his head, but the crossbow bolt is through his eyeball. <laughs> oh. All right, okay. All um, right. I had one that I wanted to throw in there for just some hilarity because we haven't quite talked about it yet for social stuff. Is their actual sure. parenting structure? Right. So these guys actually hatch their eggs and then they parent the child up into adulthood and then they separate. So these are families, and sometimes you will find a copper dragon family so i am also envisioning walking into a family of copper dragons and you have that one that's just full of fucking dad jokes oh god and there's the teenager that's just like oh my god dad shut up right like 
or maybe they're like the uh, the family that's too close. You know, it starts being creepy. Like uh, they're all wearing sweater vests. Just, just weird stuff. Like the way they'll like usher each other along, and I'll be like, "Did did your dad just like pat your bum as you went by to like tell you to move or something? Like, don't do that. That's weird. Like, like, that kind of they're they're overly familiar." There's like a oh, hot man. springs and they have family baths and shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody welcome. Yeah. Everybody welcome. Yeah. Exactly. But you said Megan, you said they parent their 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 offspring until they're adults. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I read is like up until um past young, so into adulthood. This is like this is like stepbrothers. This is where the 40-year-old child has not moved out yet. Yeah. This is what I see here. I think there should be there should be stepchildren. <laughs> <laughs> There's two copper dragon families come together. And they have to look. Nobody's moved out yet. Okay, your sister is finding herself. She can stay here. <laughs> yeah, but I love the fact that it, they don't separate, and they all separate though. So like, even the parents will separate, and then the kid separates once the kid is an adult. So it's yeah. almost just like they fight over who gets the actual like the current cave. Yeah. Like, there's this, the family battle of, like, and maybe the two young, like, maybe they had two twins or something, and, like, a brother and a sister, they're now arguing over who gets the cave from mom and dad. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Terry, I got a question. I got a question. Sure. You're, you're British. You invented the language. How come your sister is finding herself and your brother is exploring himself have two very different connotations? They're dating, did you say? <laughs> no, oh I said, how, co- <laughs> how come? how come your sister... Who is finding herself is very yeah. different than your brother who is exploring himself. <laughs> like it should be. Yeah, uh, it all makes for good. <laughs> like uh, I don't know. That I I would like to see that put across in a social encounter as well. He's not available right now. He's exploring himself again. <laughs> for the for the fifth time today. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. And and I know he does that because I clean his tapestries. Yeah, <laughs> stop. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay, team. Are we ready to jump to a shout out? Well, yes. Let's cut to a shout out. Shoot out. Megan, please don't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Megan does that on every episode she's on. She calls it a shoot out. <laughs> shoot out. <laughs> hey guys, it's Dan again. We've been working remotely from home, calling in to record our voices, then editing them all together to give you the best quality we can, but it has me missing the good old days of having everyone in the same room. As I'm daydreaming of a better time, I keep thinking back to some of the episodes we've already recorded and why I enjoyed them so much. So if you're a dungeon master looking for inspiration, or a player just looking to broaden your knowledge, go check out our first nine episodes on the Pillars of Play in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, and then check out the episodes where we've devoted our time to DM tips and world building. We've given an episode each to random tables, finding inspiration from other sources, styles of campaigns, how different DMs prep, running session zero, how to engage players, how to handle character deaths, alignment and honor and sanity, big bad evil guys, dungeon designs, and loot. We've also started digging into condition effects, which can be some of the most nonsensical, mechanically confusing, and counterintuitive parts of the game. As we circle back to our DM tips episode, we'll continue to tear them apart and look at the how and the why of these important rules that a lot of tables can get wrong. Anyways, I've monologued enough. Back to the show. All right, guys. Topic three. Final topic. Let's talk about campaign usage. Uh, We'll talk about should you choose to, when you would like to use a Copper Dragon as a BBEG, uh, when to use a set piece encounter, 
when or even how to introduce worshippers. And, and then when we get to the end, we'll roll again, then each of us can bring our single new creative idea uh, for a dragon as an NPC. Okay, so let's roll again. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's my first not-too-good roll. I got an eight. Ten. ten. I got a seven. All right, Megan, <gasps> you're first. Yay! Megan, you go first with a ten. Okay, so how I'd introduce this as a big bag evil guy. I feel like mm. I'm imagining something like Dance Moms. If you guys ever like seen that show, um, but like he's uh, the orchestrator of uh, like a giant talent show, and he's like pulling people out of the town to you know audition for the show, even though they have no talents. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in and unimpressing him, and then he's just getting rid of them, killing them, or doing whatever he wants because he is on the slighter side of evil. Because he's like not entertaining, like snaps his fingers or breath weapons kills them, right? Yeah. Um, and so this word spreads that this dragon is terrorizing this town looking for top talent, like America's Got Talent style, but killing anyone who's not entertaining him. Um, and so, like, your team hears about this and, like, oh, well, we should go help these guys and help deal with this. But then the whole interaction is that the dragon thinks that you're there to audition, <laughs> not to actually fight it. So he welcomes you in and gets you in. He's like, all right, get on stage to show me what you got, like that kind of what style. You, yeah. What yeah. are you doing for us today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell me about your background, tell me about who you are, um, and what have you done the before. The barge just straight into it. The barge just goes with it. <laughs> starts, doing, starts doing I Will Always Love You. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's the only way you can really introduce this as somebody is evil. Is like find out, it, it doesn't know that it's being evil. It just is because it's doing what it wants. Like the chaotic good side, right? It yeah. doesn't know that it's making doing anything wrong. He's just trying to find the top talent in his area, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, uh, was it me next? I think yeah, it was. So. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea to go full, and I'm not going to apologize for the pun. Go full David Copperfield with Boo. this, where it's like he's going to do the biggest prank or illusion ever, and it's going to be to like make an entire city disappear. And it's just like the. the we'll bring all of the people the townspeople are going to come outside they're going to come at the mountain we'll make you know like an auditorium or whatever we'll do we'll do we'll do it in the round we'll do it in the round whatever sets it all up all of his minions are setting everything up and then it's just going to be some way that he's going to try and make an entire city or half a kingdom or something disappear and it goes wrong and so ultimately and everybody ends up going to war with this dragon but it's a war he never really wanted in the first place and yeah. so I just like the idea of this, but but you know this is a carpet dragon. He doesn't know war. All he knows is pranks and illusion. And so it's like, how do you prepare for an enemy that they don't really understand war themselves? They're just fucking annoying. But now they've scaled it up to the point where it's like you think the cavalry has disappeared, but they're not. They've just gone behind or whatever, whatever. Um, and so I think when it comes to using this as a big bad evil guy, it's, it's not necessarily about going for blood and destruction, but it's. This is much more like illusion on a grand scale. Can this, this dragon is going to make you think you are losing or make you think this is happening over here. Uh, like kind of look over here while I steal your wallet. Uh, so I think to use this person as a, this, uh, copper dragon as a, as a big bad would be just constant misdirection. And I think it would be very frustrating for the party, but also not too crippling as well. There's a little bit of fun to it, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just have to come up with some huge ideas for this about how I'm just going to do, do these massive shit illusions. Or even like Adam said as well, is just to just make them go wrong sometimes. Like, look, honestly, I didn't mean to kill all those people, but I did. We're here. What we need to do now is talk about how we're going to get through this. Well, Dragon, we have to kill you. I don't think there's any need for violence. I've apologized. <laughs> I, I said I was sorry. I like the idea of, of sitting the whole party down like in his living room and saying, all right, guys. And he's sitting there like, you know, when you got your hand across your eyes, you're just like, fuck, fuck, God damn it. Okay, guys, <laughs> what went wrong and how can we avoid this again in the future? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm imagining sorry. that to be able to to be able to cast those all those illusions. I could see him over the years collecting bards, so that he can collectively well, that, that, use all of their abilities. That that was going to be my my big thing. Actually, was right. like the idea of introducing worshippers to this. Like, I think that he probably does protect a nearby town. Right, the town yeah. is a little bit poor because this guy loves his treasure. Right, and so when yeah. something shiny comes in, he's like, mm, "Tell Mine. you guys what." I will have a contest for this. And he always has a different contest and it's always rigged in his favor. Right? And so he just, he, he always has the thing. There are statues yeah. up around for him everywhere. You see all sorts of dragon statues throughout the town because it's within six miles of his lair because his lair is five and a half miles underneath the town. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, um, and and, but when you walk into the tavern, you just paint a normal, regular, kind of poor tavern. And when the bard says, oh, is there a stage? You say, yeah, and the stage is covered with a thick layer of dust. And it's like, oh, that's weird. And he's going to get up and play. And, and you have the NPCs warn him, don't do that. Because every bard or minstrel or band of traveling musicians, everybody just disappears. And everyone else knows that the copper dragon polymorphs into looking like a... Uh, human and walks in and just like oh hey no you're really good I wanted to ask a couple of questions and then just come back to my room in the inn and then you never hear from the bard again and now you have yeah. to go actually rescue the bard and I would yeah. straight up I would do this where I the bard the player does not come to the session we will role play out what is happening with him and the dragon midweek right but the rest <laughs> of the party is like holy shit what happened to the bard why is he not here this week and then they've got to go rescue him right and, and I I think that it would be a lot of fun to find that there's just a whole bunch of, like, aging rock stars that are stuck in this dungeon, almost. <laughs> and they've all got their instruments, and, and but they're all in an anti-magic field. Yeah. Right? So, so you go ahead and you play. No casting spells. You go ahead and you play. And the bard is in there, and he's, you know, he's talking to Ozzy Osbourne, right? And freaking Keith Richards. And you can sit there and have a lot of fun doing this because these guys have been down here forever. Ozzy's gotten so hungry down here. He's he's taking a head off a bat, right? Like <laughs> exactly. So, and, so and it's kind of like be careful what you wish for with bards as well, you know, was the classic trope of them trying to seduce the dragon, but this dragon's like you had me at hello. Like Yeah. <laughs> I, I look, now now all I want to do is have a dungeon full of aging rock star jokes. So you like you, you wake up and you see that there are two cells and you've got, you know, Mick Jagger and Keith Richard rolling stones back and forth to pass the time and shit oh like that, God. right? You've got Paul McCartney there and he's just kind of, he has pet beetles. <laughs> this one's just, name is oh. Ringo, right? Like I I think that it's I think you could have a lot of fun with the idea of uh of older aging rock stars depending on who 
who is uh like who's sitting around the table and you're only gonna have one person at the table that understands all of your jokes though and that person's oh. gonna have a hell of a time and everybody else is gonna be well, like, well not if you have like the rock stars that it, the rock stars that everybody thought was dead like Elvis is not dead. Elvis is with the Copper Dragon. There you nobody go. knew where he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You get your Janis Joplin and your your um... <laughs> Kurt Cobain's there. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, and uh, why am I drawing a blank? I almost said Willie Nelson. I'm like, no, no. He's the one that doesn't die. He's the one that keeps on going. <laughs> I love oh this. man. All right. Is that everyone? Should we roll for? Uh... Unique character builds? Yeah. Or unique yep. NPC ideas? Okay. Yep. One, two, three. Let's go. I got five. Mine <gasps> get worse. Nice. I got five, too. Roll off again, Terry. Roll off again. Uh, six. I got 19. Nice. So, Megan, Adam, then I'll go. Cool. All right. So, my interesting idea here is that this would be an ancient dragon that can polymorph that you run into that's like, hey, I want to join your travels and I want to come with you and... You know, see all the bards that I can see, but I ask that every time we go into a town, we make sure we go to the entertainment district in an entertainment Mm -hmm. way, not a sexy way. Um, But the cue quirk to this guy is that something that I read about these dragons is that they love to drink wine. Like they have have an obsession with wine. They love it. However, they are resistant to poison. So they can't... Resistant to acid. Sorry, acid. Yes. Like, isn't it poison as well? No, it's just just acid. acid. Damn it! Then doesn't my idea doesn't work then? Because my theory is that they can't get drunk, or they can't get high off acid. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone Uh, else is just tripping balls, and he's like, "Come on, I want to play too." I think I got a dud batch. (laughs) But that's what I imagine. He's practicing his acting skills by pretending to be drunk all the time because he's just drinking wine all the time. He sees all his friends getting drunk and wants to be drunk as well. So now you have just this asshole that you know isn't drunk but is pretending to be drunk all the time. It just becomes this really annoying interaction because they have a they have a really high constitution. So the chances of the dragon getting drunk, their saving throw is plus fourteen. Yeah, so they're not getting drunk anytime soon. Right. No, they're, they're absolutely not. Like, whether they're resistant or not, they, the dragons are not getting drunk. Yeah. So, yeah. I just think that would be a really fun thing to roleplay because your team thinks it's a great idea to have this dragon travel with you. And yeah. then you're just annoying AF for the entire time. <laughs> fake <laughs> until, drunk. Until they just leave you behind eventually. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, you wouldn't. If this dragon decides that it likes you, you wouldn't get rid of it because it knows where you are. It knows where you are. It's got everything reporting back. It will find you. It'll be like, guys, you guys are so stupid. You forgot me back there. Yeah, like, oh, he's so yeah. stupid to the idea that they don't want you around. He's just that annoying you friend guys that shows feel up. Pretty silly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Uh, sorry, we, sorry. We got talking about acid, and it distracted me for a little bit because I'm like. These guys have acid breath. They're able to freaking melt rocks and shit with this, and yeah. they can climb. They're definitely making vertical tunnels. They they're they don't burrow so much as they burn their way through mountainsides. Yeah, yeah, and and through hills and stuff. I think that's that's a lot of fun because your your tunnels, your the layer here will look very different because it'll be very smooth. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be smooth from all of the acid and whatnot. It's not going to be like uh, it's almost like going to be like a sheen of of glass of melted rock all the way around. I think that's really yeah. neat. I think what I imagine is like when in Lord of the Rings when they walk into the Dwarven Mount, like Dwarven Dwarf Mountain, and like that giant chamber that has those giant pillars, like those smooth rock pillars that go up. 
That's what yep. I imagine. Just that giant room, and then their breath attack can go in between the pillars. Yeah. In battle. Uh, and they can climb like up the too. pillars and fly around the pillars, right? Like, that's kind of what I see if you were to have a giant battle with one of these things. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, all right, so my unique, uh, my unique NPC idea is that you walk into a kingdom and everyone knows that the king is not the one calling the shots. You right. know that he's been coerced. And there's something, something, something dragon, right? And and that's what everybody is talking about. And they're talking about, you know, we, we do see the dragon. Every once in a while we see the dragon and it moves, you know, at night. We get a little hint of green because as they get older, as copper dragons get older, they get the tint of green to them as well, right? So, mm-hmm. um... So your your guys are sitting there looking for, you know, the advisor, the evil advisor, or the evil, you know, bank manager, or like whoever's pulling Jafar. the strings, right? Right. <laughs> and so they're looking for that character. They're looking for the character who is the real power in the city. What they're not looking to is the jester, and the jester is actually the copper dragon. And it's the Copper Dragon that's the real powerhouse. He's always in court. He always sees what's happening. And he can polymorph into any other humanoid to go be his own spy to, to sit there. And, oh, uh, you know what? I saw that there was this uh, delegation that came in, delegation of dragon hunters that came in. And uh, and he sits there in the corner juggling, right, waiting for someone to say something. And then he comes out and acts the fool, but he's watching. Yeah. And the next mm-hmm. morning... They open up, you know, they go to the room in the inn, and all of the dragon hunters are dead. Just melted. (laughs) And nobody knows why. Or there's the really rich delegation that goes through, and they just can't find that amulet. You know, the the heirloom that I was wearing yesterday? I don't don't know what happened to it, right? Meanwhile, the jester is sitting there just having a great day today. Everything's just fine. And I think that it's the jester that's running things. It's adding a certain level of chaos. And nobody is going to pick out that it's the jester and you can have this this mystery of who is the one that is creating this chaos all the time and maybe only the king knows mm-hmm. and that's why yeah. every once in a while um, the king dismisses the court and the only people that are left inside are his you know to use the game of thrones um mo- model here the small council right yeah um and the jester who serves wine right and Everybody else is is under suspicion. So you have this whole, like, he sends everybody away. The small council is in on it. The dragon makes his decree. Then the king comes out, changes his mind with what he was going to say before. And everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Who is yeah. working against us? And you can have this, this intrigue going for a little while in the background. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you can get clever with these dragons. Terry, what's your what's your NPC? For me, I have this idea of, based on their personality, those people out there, they're tragic souls that are, you know, they're a friend to everyone, but they have no friends of their own. And uh, I we just call imagine that, this... We call them coffee bitches. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's their, their actual title, yeah. Friend, yeah. friend to everyone, no friends of his own. Maybe he runs the, the magic shop or something, this dragon, but will, like, commute into work every day from the lair, will change shape, make his way through the towns, is pleasant to everybody, but... You know, it may be even more of like a David Brent or a Michael Scott type of story, which is where it's like they try so hard to fit in, but they just can't. And for for this situation, it's obviously because they're a dragon. 
And so they'll be like, oh, it'll be that boss that's like, why don't we hang out more? Why don't we hang out after work? And then, like, the employees are like, well, you know, you're a, you're a dragon. And he's like, right, right, that's right, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. What are you guys doing tonight? Just go to the tavern? Oh, I might drop by. Well, you know, you're a dragon, so it's cool. Yeah, it's a good point, good point, good point. Okay, do, do, see you on Monday. Do you Monday. think they do it like, because, he, because he's a dragon? Or because he's a dick that keeps flipping the, the bill of your of your ball cap? Well, right? it, like, it's, ah, it's also friends, that as ah. well. What? It's also that as well. May- or maybe this dragon just thinks they don't fit in because he's a dragon. Then one day someone has to go, it's not because you're a dragon. It's because you're an asshole. That's why people don't want to be around <laughs> you. It's okay. But okay. <laughs> I can imagine him, like, when he knows they're going out to the bar that night, he'll polymorph into something else, like a different person, and try and go, like, as a different person and meet them like he's new. But you can blatantly tell that it's him every time because he yeah. acts the same. <laughs> it's just a different body. <laughs> Exit thinks he's fitting in. They're like, look, you've you've come to a tavern and you look like a thirteen year old girl. Like it's it's very obvious that you're not supposed to be here. (laughs) Nobody wants to hang out with you because you turned our buddy's ale into acid last time and he hasn't been the same since. (laughs) But that was funny. That was funny. Everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. <laughs> Nobody laughed. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> or it's like you'd be like, guys, game night, game night over at my place. I'm not going to your lair. No. Okay. See you Monday. <laughs> Just friend to everyone. No friends of his own. A bit of a oh, tragic I, I story. I love that. And, and he sits there and he's got the little book under his arm for um, hovels and humans, and he wants to. He just wants to role play. Humans for <laughs> dummies. <laughs> <laughs> but but does have this one like little bird friend or something you know that he like confides in because obviously they could speak when he's there. It's like one day I'll I'll get out there or there's like the big games on. He can hear everybody cheering from the town. It's like a tragic Disney movie. He's, oh like, my god, no, Terry! It's it's even worse than that because he's sitting there and he like he sits there and talks to him. And as everybody else says, no, we don't want to do that. And they're walking home. All of these crows just sit down and start speaking draconic. You should really go with him. He's a really good guy. You should definitely hang out with him. And all of the yeah. animals in town just start to pester and, yeah. and bother. Like, oh, my God, that would be so annoying. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. That's anyway, that's my idea. Um, Adorable. So there we go. Well, we're, we're pretty much getting towards the end here, guys. Where we're going to start wrapping it up. So final thoughts. If there's anything else you guys want to add to Copper Dragons before we wrap this sucker up. Do you guys have any thoughts on the uh, worshippers? People that would legit worship this dragon? Do I think there's people that would worship this dragon? I feel like it would be yeah, bards every, in general. Every dragon like has worshippers, right? So, so yeah. You think it's bards, Megan? Yeah, I think that you'd you'd have like a small hovel of bards that just worship this guy because, I don't know, maybe he gets some jobs and stuff. I don't really know how to like tie yeah. that in. But like he's, he's like the kingpin of like the entertainment world. And to be able to get a job as a bard, you actually have to go and audition with this guy. And so bards worship him and they like praise his criticism, right? So like getting criticism from this dragon is like the most blessed thing in the world. So like you have these like tours of bards traveling across the land just to see this dragon to be criticized by him. It's it's like on people's resume as well that they like studied under Excelsior or something. Yeah. You know I'm trained by. <laughs> yeah, he's got the certificate and everything with like a claw signature on the bottom. <laughs> I love it. I think I think he. I don't see this dragon as having worshippers, but I think they would. It's almost like it's better than the other guy. It's like okay, well he lives in the forested foothills because he's one in the hills more than the forest. 
But if but if this dragon goes away, then the green dragon's moving in. So it's like, do we want that, or can we just deal with this Joker? Yeah. Because he's not he's not killing us. He's not hurting us. I mean, the odd person every now and again comes on the comes on the the the, the shit end of a flaming sambuca, maybe. But like, you know, <laughs> nobody else is. So I don't think he'd have worshippers. I think he just had people that would just deal with them. I think yeah. yeah I I think there'd be a, a small community of of halflings nearby that would absolutely worship him and, and their little practical jokers. How annoying would that be for you, Terry, to come into the the little village of halflings and they are just would, pulling pranks all of the time? I would yeah, and any prank that I think they failed to pull, they would just re-roll and ultimately get it in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, honestly, my favorite worshippers, I'm going to go back to, to kobolds because kobolds worship dragons. I know they're supposed to be evil and that's Tiamat and so on and so forth, but I would have some good aligned kobolds and uh, and they also try to pull pranks, but their pranks are like, hey, hey, we removed this guy's hands and they just don't get it. <laughs> they just don't get it. <laughs> right? like, they're, they're, they're just, just really, really, really bad at it and they <laughs> take it too far every time. Like, they're just... Eric Hawker wakes up to, to, to the, these these kobolds that are just chewing on his wings, trying yeah. to trying to like sever them. Be like, ha 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 ha! We're we're gonna make we're gonna make wings for dinner. Ha! ha. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> just terrible. All right. Okay. Awful. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, that's it for this week's episode on Copper Dragons, guys. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info@itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we are covering Ravnica. You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Basically, what I was thinking is because all of the dragons are there's they're so different, but if you could have one dragon whether it be chromatic or metallic that you could just be uh could just be cool with right that you're just cool with and the reason i asked this question is because uh when i was in high school i never i was fortunate i didn't ever have to deal with bullying or anything but a strategy i had was like social camouflage which was like i had somebody in each group that i knew so i'd always end up getting kind of accepted like whatever parties i went to wherever i kind of hung out is there was always one person that was like oh that's terry i know him he's with me so it led me to think like if you could have one dragon type that you would just be cool with just be in with which dragon would you like to be cool with? Hmm. Should we roll initiative for this? Yeah, yeah. Let's roll initiative in this freaking isolation. All right. Aww. Right. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. I'm rolling in three, two, one. Roll a ten. I got a. I got a nine. I got a fifteen. Oh. Okay, Adam, you're going first. If I want to be on someone's good side, like I just, I just want to get in. I mean, it makes sense that you don't want the green dragon um, plotting against you. Right. right, or you don't want the red one to freak out. But honestly, my answer is copper. I don't want the practical oh. jokes played on me. Oh. I want to be in on the joke. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> to be honest, I hate pranks as well. 
I, I never think they're funny, but you kind of go along with it. Ah, good one, good one. This is a massive inconvenience. I have a very busy day. Like, it's just... Oh, no, no, no. I'm all about pranks. I think they're absolutely hilarious, as long as everyone's laughing, including the person that got pranked, right? I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. not into these mean ones or even the shit you see on YouTube, right? With the, yeah. like... Where they run into a they run into a neighborhood and yell a racial slur and then say it's just a prank and run out. No man. Oh my god, those make me so uncomfortable to watch. I'm like, why are humans the worst? I don't get uncomfortable. I, I get I can't angry. Watch awkward things. <laughs> but but no, I uh, but I'm all about a good prank. Something that's just just the unexpected. Everybody gets a good laugh. Um, but I want to sit back and watch it happen to someone else. I'm not the kind of guy that that. <laughs> Like gets kicked in the balls and says, "Oh no, that was funny! <laughs> you got me!" And I, I don't want that. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Okay, Megan, you you're going next. Um, my obvious choice would be Black Dragon, just because I want a really good goth friend to hang out with. Um, <laughs> but in all honesty, I probably would actually really want to be friends and like in the ends with someone who was like a brass dragon, because after learning and chatting with brass dragons. They seem like the most interesting people and have a very, and by people, I mean creature. Um, they just, I feel like they have a lot of weird, interesting social quirks that are hilarious. Like, I would want the one that if you touch their vase would yell at you. Like, make you take off your shoes at the door. And like, do all those things. Like, it just, it feels like they would have a really clean keep and that's what I would like to live in. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I think for me, honestly, it's, it's like so shallow. Uh, would be the red dragon. Would just be. I want to get invited. To, that's like getting invited to the billionaire's yacht, and it's like you didn't earn any of this, but they have it by their divine right or whatever. So, oh, come, come with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my boat. We're gonna sail to the Bahamas or whatever. And I'm, I'm definitely coming along for that. Absolutely. Can I drink your beer as well? Thank you. So I think um, purely to live a lifestyle that I have not earned. I think it would be the red dragon for me. It's funny that you didn't pick Gold Dragon. Like, this is you being Slytherin again. You know that, right, Terry? Like, you are totally yes. the person that is... You're right. You're fifth row in Voldemort's army, right? You 100%. You are definitely the guy in the back of of uh, Mordor going, Yeah, yeah, fucking, fucking Fuck those men guys. suck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, And I always thought with those types of things, ever since when like, I was a kid, like watching Braveheart, I was like, why would you stand on the front row of that type of thing? Go towards the back. Be middle management. Don't be the guy that has to stand on the gate and get shot. Be the guy that makes the schedule for the people to stand on the gate, but not the guy who's in charge of serious war strategy. Because you don't want to be known by Voldemort. You just want to be the guy that sets the schedule in the background. So, yeah, 100%. 100%. I don't want all of the responsibility of having to keep up this this Red Dragon's like empire. But I'll definitely be his friend. His comic relief that comes on the boat with him, for sure. I love, that, I love that you're not even Starscream. You're just unnamed Decepticon number three, ideally. Totally happy with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy that went, I'm the guy that went like yeah exactly Megatron looks to the right and goes find them and then they fly off and you never see them again I'm one of those two yeah, Decepticons hundred <laughs> oh, percent thank you for listening to an it's a mimic production <laughs> okay you're done <laughs>